What's going on at the Stables Theatre? Last year was cause for celebration at the Stables Theatre. Not only was it able to throw its doors fully open again after the dramas and shutdowns of the pandemic, but it ran a full and varied programme and finally brought to the stage Ben Randall's Whiskey and Soda, the first winner of the Theatre and Arts Centre's innovative competition for aspiring playwrights. To take a look back over the last year, for a sneak peek at what 2023 has to offer, and to discuss just what it is that makes the stables that special place that it is, Stuart Bailey recently sat down with Chair Neil Selman, playwright Ben Randall, director and actor Hugo Trebels, lighting whiz Dave Rowland, and Bobby Sutton, who is not only a regular on the stables stage, but is also a member of the programme advisory group. One thing everyone agreed on was that encouraging new writers and staging their plays has been a major success and is something we can expect to see much more of at the stables in the years ahead. 2022 saw the stables get back to normal post-Covid uh, and there's a full programme of events. Um, Neil, as chairman of stables, um, what were some of your highlights? I mean, it must have been a great relief just to get the doors open and people coming in again. Yeah, I think um, relief is the word, um, uh, and and actually, yes, getting people back in. Um, yeah, we've just been talking about this, haven't we? Highlights. I'm glad I'm going first because I can say the new writing was a, high, <laughs> was a highlight for, for the stables. Um, you know, I think for a, a theatre of our size to have three really successful pieces of new work in a year was pretty astonishing. Um, they were not only sort of critically acclaimed, um, and I'm talking about Seventh Swimmer, Whiskey and so Soda and Here at Last is Love, you know, not only critically acclaimed, um, but uh, very well attended as well. They all had around about 95, 96% attendance at the theatre. Uh, which was which was really good. Um, I, mean, I know we talked to Ben just before um, Christmas, and there's, a, and there's a whole podcast on the subject, which we'll put a link to in the notes for this show. Um, but yeah, I mean that's the new writing work and the new writing competition is something that's clearly very well received and, and that new writers really appreciate. If you win, you you get a full production, costumed set, lighting, the, the whole works. And I think that's quite a big prize for for people. Um, you know, I know we're sort of, could be termed as being out in the sticks, but if, if you're an aspiring writer, to actually see your work performed and to be able to critically look at a performance and go, oh, well, I could do this, we could do this, we could do that. Or if you're really happy with it, you bring in your agent and other people to see it, so um, so yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a pretty good deal. Bobby, what about you? What, what what did you most enjoy? I don't mean to echo Neil, but I will echo a little bit. The new writing is astounding, but but even without the full scale production. So in August we had staged readings for some new writing as well, and even those have proved to be really successful in helping writers, in helping performers 
dip a toe in if they don't feel quite ready as well. So I think that even the staged readings that come out of the new writing competition are really, really valuable. Um, and both of those were really well attended mm, as well, yeah, weren't they? Yeah, very good, yeah. Yeah. And is that something that helps build confidence among writers? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we had, um, we had uh, an 11 year old boy um, who was on stage in a play setting for the first time uh, during one of these readings and, and, and that was great. Students from local college were also involved in yeah. the reading. It really, it really brought lots of different people together um, and yeah, allowed someone to dip a toe and see if this world is is for them or not it's a great opportunity Hugo I'm, I'm at the risk of upsetting people <laughs> you, you directed Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf yeah. which probably was my favourite of the, the year oh, thank you um, and, but a lot of that was down to the way you staged it which was unique for the stables yeah doing it in the round was a was certainly a challenge um, but I knew what I wanted, and I had a lot of support from Neil as well with this. Um, and the play really lent itself for that. And I think it was, was very well received. People really felt that they were in the action. Um, it felt very powerful. Thank you. Yes, it was. I think the, I mean, the play speaks for itself anyway. But um, being that close to the action and seeing Martha falling apart in Act 3 and being that close to her, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's quite powerful. And what about you? I mean, apart from the things you were, you were involved in yourself, where do your highlights of 2022 lie? I think for me, uh, echoing obviously Neil and Bobby with the new writing, also the variety. I think mm. our programme is so varied and it, it allows our audience to pick and choose things they want to see, but also actors to try different things and, and be in different kind of shows that they would normally not be in. I mean, I ended up in Darling for Murder. And, I would never have cast myself in that. So, yeah, I think I have a variety, um, and we've definitely got a very program for next year as well. So. Yeah. Uh, Dave, behind the scenes, running running the technical side of things. I mean, what, what were the, the I mean, Hugo's play, for example? I mean, what, what were the specific challenges? Because the stage was in a completely different position from normal. Um, from my aspect as primarily sound design because we have other people who specialise in lights and set it's, um, obviously being in the round had to rework how the lighting is going to fit make sure everyone can see what they need to see from whatever angle they're sitting at and similar with the sound I just had to spend some time you know just repositioning the speakers around, around the auditorium to make sure everyone can hear what they need to hear and make sure they don't hear what they shouldn't hear and obviously creatively out front we, we, we see we see the, the creative and the, the 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 artistic side of things mm. i mean is there a need behind the scenes technically to be to be creative and think think around problems or do the do the actors and producers and directors throw you problems that you then have to deal with <laughs> that'd be that'd be it <laughs> be honest uh, like I said, I can't take all the credit for um, Hugo's because he picked most of the tunes for that and all the sound effects and stuff, so it's just a case of whacking the computer and away they go. Whereas some others, like the new writing for example, a lot of that was uh, built from scratch. For example, Seven Swimmer was a very distinct period, so that involved research into what sounds you could and couldn't use, yeah. also music. 
I mean... We had a composer compose um, a score for that piece, so yeah. not only was it new writing, but it was completely new music um, scored mm -hmm. for the show as well. I think what I think what people don't perhaps realise, I think when you sit in a theatre, mm -hmm. um, I don't think they realise what amount of effort has to go into it. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's like mm -hmm. when, when, when Dave says, all of a sudden you go to surround sound, which, you know, just go, oh, you put a couple of speakers there, but it does mean rerunning cables. Mm -hmm. For the for, for the speakers, mm -hmm. lighting, um, and, and only purely because I, I helped Jonathan um, sort of break some of the lighting. You know, you have to light from behind, in front, side, and that lighting has to work whatever way the actors yeah. are, are looking. So it's n so possibly as an audience member, you just go, oh yeah, the lighting's very nice, mm -hmm. and that means the job's been done properly. Yeah. I don't think all directors actually understand what goes into creating a lighting state for a show. Yeah. You, they think, oh, you know, bit, bit more light there, bit more light there, bit more light there. But that means your lights, that you, your, your lamps have got to be focused in that area. Um, you know, you've got to get up and move them around. If it, it's it's really complicated. And the thing that was yeah. impressive about Virginia Woolf was that it is lit in the round, but it's still got to be dark enough yeah. to keep that intimacy, mm, yeah. and that was achieved yeah. really, really well, yeah. which I think a lot of directors and wouldn't have necessarily thought about the impact that that might have on the designer. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, ben, coming to you, I mean, actually, just thinking this is your third podcast, you're becoming, you're becoming a, a regular. Uh, yeah, maybe we should do a double act. Yeah, <laughs> um, and and now I've insulted you by saying the Hughes piece was my well, it was <laughs> excellent, and I don't blame yeah. it. It's really a great piece. Yeah. I mean, and, and you, you, other highlights of the year. I mean, obviously, whiskey and soda was 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 fantastic. Again, another oh, memorable piece. I'll, I'll remove the gun away from you. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, I have to say, it's the theatre that I think is the best thing, because as we're sitting here, all of us, we're talking about all the different talent that's involved in all the different productions and it's phenomenal and it really should be I think this in a way the theatre should start to be recognised how how great the productions are that we're producing and I think people are starting to see you know how things how things are evolving and becoming new and exciting and really really exciting I think so uh, yeah there's a, there's a passion around the stables and the people who Work here, and because everyone, everyone who works here is, is doing it voluntarily. But there's a there's a passion from those close to the theatre, and also a lot of the people who are just coming to be audience members on a regular basis. They 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 feel a connection. Absolutely, and I think I think uh, the passion shows in the way that the productions are so such a high level. Now, mm. you know, I think they've always been a high level, but you know, I think as you're asking the question this year, I think mm. it's just been outstanding. You know. Turning to 2023, um, again, there's a, that variation in terms of what's on the, the schedule is, is, is quite prominent again. What are people looking forward to most? Let's kick it off with you again, Neil. Yeah. <laughs> what, what am I looking forward to most? I think we've realised that new writing works um, and that that is now hopefully a, a, a stayed part of our of our theatre um, what I really really would like to support even more is the collaboration we do with local 
um, groups, um, and that's collaboration. Whether it's with somebody like Ben with Whiskey and Soda, or David with with Here at Last Is Love with Valley Best, but also um, we've got so many um, professionals locally. We've got a guy who's doing a set of uh, actors workshops at the moment called Chris New. He is also devising uh, a trilogy of plays which he plans to start at the Minack Theatre and work up through Britain to to Edinburgh and he's going to work all three of them here um, at the stables first so if we can start supporting people like that and then you never end, know where you, you're going to end up we did a piece called Picture Perfect Liza Sadaby was the actor who played the role in that. Um, she went from the stables on the Saturday to start rehearsing with Eddie Redmayne in Cabaret on the Monday um, and then won an Olivia Award. She has noted us as her last performance before doing Cabaret. Um, so that's, you know, things like that are really, really good. Um, Sophie Dan, who did her one-woman show here, um, is now in Wicked um, and the stables is mentioned in the Wicked programme a Christmas one woman show started at the Stables Theatre in Hastings. So, you know, anything like that. Yeah. It's, it's, impre- it's impressive stuff, and because if you look at the boards downstairs of the the, the big names, mm. for want of a better term, who've appeared here over the years, it's it's a, something, it's a Stables tradition, it's part of the heritage. We've had a few, we've had a lot of very famous. Yeah. So that's sort of what I'm sort of most excited about, and the other point is to, to give all our local actors the opportunity to work with different people um, you know we had Jason Morell in directing uh, Chris is directing a bit last year or so had uh, we did our fringe bit and the amount of those shows were using us as springboard to prep and debug before they hit Edinburgh well I was gonna say we, we had the young actor doing the Nina Simone story um, who who I think we were about her third performance and then she is the last go-round uh, Great Britain she was at the Devonshire Park with it so it's gone from the stables had a year's touring and has come back and came back to the Devonshire Park. So I suppose for people to be prepared to use stables as that platform to debug the, 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 the show it says a lot for the regard with, with which the, the theatre's held. Hugo what about you in the coming year? Uh, again, it's the variety for me that I'm looking forward to. I mean, the programme itself that I've seen that Neil's put out is just amazing. We've got so much coming up, uh, so many different styles, um, and also the stables production themselves. We've, we've done, I think we've put a really very programme together. Obviously, I'm looking forward to Doubt that I'm directing, but otherwise, yeah, I think it's variety. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a really interesting, good, solid year, and I think a lot of that is down to the programming, for sure. Yeah, just to build on what Hugo said actually, the variety in terms of stylistic content, Mm. but thematic content as well is really varied this year. But as well as that, thinking about our local performers, there's a real variety of roles for actors locally to get their teeth into. Variety in terms of gender, variety in terms of age as well, which was one of the main talking points that we had last year. Um, And so we've tried to be really careful in selecting plays that are exciting, that feel fresh, uh, that are thematically appropriate and interesting, but also that cater for the performers that we have locally. So I think I'm really excited about that. Yeah, just encouraging people to yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. expand. Ben, yeah. um, again, we touched on it in, in the podcast we recorded for Christmas, but you're kind of overseeing the new writing 
project. Yeah. And obviously, first bus to Bag comes up very soon, and you've you were looking over and, and picking the, the the next winners. I mean, what's your highlight? What are you looking forward to seeing and, and doing and exploring in the coming year? Oh well, I think. I think, again, it really, I'm so excited to see the new productions that are going to come along. And I think they're all going to be done in a very different way and they're all going to be done very interestingly. And giving the opportunity, as we said, really to the community to come in and be part of the stables, which is such an exciting place to be. And, and it's, you know, to work with such interesting and creative people. Um, so I'm, that's what I'm really excited about. Obviously, first bust of Bound of Egg, we've, again, we've, we've done a short podcast on that, but any clues in terms of the themes of some of the other new works that you have had a look at? Well, all the people that won this year are for 2024, um, and there's meant to be one winner, but because the writing is so good, we chose two, and I, they're very, very different plays. One is more traditional and one is very much a, a sort of, I guess, slightly surreal play that deals with slightly dark facts and, and situations. It, it kind of takes the, the mantle that we've set last year and continues it through this year and to next year. Coming back to you, Neil, the, if we look back to 2022 and that variety, I mean, you had Seventh Swimmer, you had Macbeth in that particularly unusual but really effective staging where all the actors would, would I suppose on stage for the whole play and then things like Run For Your Wife which was a, very much of its time and I think I sort of wondered how dated that would look is anything off limits at Stables I mean, in terms of creativity in terms of subject matter you know, Ben's talking about one of these plays dealing with darker subjects is anything off limits? Or? Is anything off limits? Yes, I, I, there, there are obviously subjects that are that, that are off limits. Um, I think, as far as challenging audiences, that's one of the things that's actually quite exciting, and I think it's one of the things that that actually causes and creates an audience. For Macbeth, the the buzz that the fact that there was going to be no set, there was going to be basically no costumes, it was all going to be done by video cameras. People go, oh, what's this about then? What's this about? Let's come and see this. Let's come and see that. And I think I would say that was probably as controversial in its way as Run For Your Wife was. But they were both different ends of the scales. And I, and I think as long as you are careful and equal with your programming, you can have both shows in. Yes, possibly the Run For Your Wife um, run for your wife play was not your Macbeth audience's mm. perfect play and vice versa. What I want people to do is, is come to the theatre and think, actually let's go and see what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, this is interesting. Uh, this is interesting. Why, why are they doing that? Um, did it work? Did it not work? I think you, you, you go on a very slippery slide if you start careering off in one direction and don't put yourself back. So I'm, I'm sort of I think one thing I'm sort of fairly good at is just being very belligerent and ch always championing, trying to champion the underdog. So if somebody says, I want to do this, I'll go, yeah, go on then, let's give it a go. And everybody's going, no, you can't do that, but let's give it a go. <laughs> and then if somebody completely opposite wing will say, I want to do that, I say, yeah, go on, let's give it a go. Well, how can you let them do it? Because you've just let them do that. Yeah, well, that's, that's, the, that's the balance that, 
And just thinking of challenging pieces, I mean, waiting for Godot. Yeah. Um, we, I think we came to see that because we kind of felt we should. <laughs> it, it, it kind of always been, you know, always in the tick list. It's one of those great classics. It's a piece of every school child, well, it's how we used to be part of the school curriculum and, and something that mm. everybody did. And kind of, but what actually seeing it performed just brought something else. That yeah, I, th I think, as I said, I, th I think it's getting people to the to the point of coming to the theatre where, yes, of course, everybody comes to the theatre to be entertained, but I think you also, you know, the stables isn't an expensive place to come to. You're not spending 70, 80 quid and you've got to be entertained. I think you can come in, you can go, actually, waiting for Godot, yeah, it was quite long, but actually there were some really interesting ideas and I really like the way they did this and I really like the way they did that. And then perhaps you might come and see another play. You might come and see Seventh Swimmer or Virginia Woolf or Whiskey and Soda. That's got everybody around the table. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and you might go, actually, that was really entertaining. I really enjoyed that. I, I think what I'm trying to do is, is create uh, uh, a place that people come and experience theatre. You don't have to like it. What I want you to do is go away and think, actually, that was really good. I'm not sure I quite understood it. I'm not sure I quite... I quite liked it, but I've got a typical. I've got a typical couple of um, audience members. They come to absolutely everything. They're, I'm going to say, they're two female uh, patrons of a certain age, and there's been a couple of times where I've gone, "Oh, you're here." <laughs> Is that wise? <laughs> do you know what? Uh, do you know what the thing? We've read what you put on the website. We've come to see it. Um, and one they said, "Oh, that's opened our eyes." And another one they said, "Oh, we've really enjoyed that." We're kind of, but but that's that's what I want to try and create. That people just come, and they know they're going to have a good evening. They're going to have a challenging evening, or they're going to have a very entertaining evening. But they're not going to have wasted their their evening. That's kind of the way I I look at things is obviously I see a lot of shows. Um, but I like to think, if you come to what we do here, you say, yes, all right, it's not to my personal taste, but I can appreciate it's a well put together show, the cast will know what they're doing, all the crew around it know what they're doing, and go away and, you know, well, it starts a conversation. Yeah, mm. maybe it opened a doorway for yeah. some thought to occur, mm. for something to start. Mm. One of the things that surprises me is the number of people I talk to in and around the town who have always intended to come to stables, mm. but never have. Once people do come, we have a classic example of that, and you find out it's all the things we've talked about in the last half hour, the acting talent, the technical talent, the encouraging of new writing, it's all happening sort of in this little corner of Hastings and perhaps people don't expect to find it here. No, I think it's really important that people realise what a welcoming place the Stables is mm -hmm. and that it's not uh, this kind of person, it's not for that kind of person, it's for everyone and everyone should feel really welcome here and everyone is. So if anyone's slightly daunted about coming into a theatre, this is the place not to feel daunted about. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, about two years ago, I wouldn't have, and I thought that maybe it was intimidating or that it was like a close-knit group of people mm -hmm. that, and then there was no space. But as soon as you take that first step, you realise that it's an incredibly welcoming place and then you don't stop getting involved, really. One of the things that keeps coming up is you input the and people seem to really appreciate what you 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 do or allow them to do um, and the the sort of culture you created. I know you're going to blush, but it, it, what's your what's your vision? What's your how how do you look at the future and how you want Ooh. the states and the theatre to develop? Um, that's a difficult one. It's um, a big question. Yes, yeah, it's a big question um, and not easily answered. Um, I there's several things. Um, one thing, um, when we, we did some work with Royal Holloway University about the role of theatre following the pandemic, um, and one of the first questions was, um, I had a professor ask me, you know, what's, what's, how do you see the theatre? And I said, oh, I see it as the National Theatre of Hastings. So we try and be everything to everybody. That in one breath sort of people are going yeah 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 and then in the next breath everyone's going no, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, I, 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 I suppose I just want people to get the pleasure out of theatre that I do and have always got out of so you know the, the, the fact that Bobby was saying you know about the, the, the college kids coming in and things like that that is probably going to be my drive over the next 18 months to get young people into the theatre the the big problem with that is whereas you know when where, when i trained um you used to go to like rehearsals four or five times a week to come on and go yes that's my line <laughs> and then you used to go but you used to uh, and people don't have that that that's not expected of people these days so so, so i think now it, it it's actually developing theatre and productions and performances uh, and events that younger people can be part of and there's not that huge thing of, oh God, I've got to give up three months of yeah. every Monday, Wednesday and Friday evenings. And the youth theatre yeah. has been absolutely yeah. amazing in achieving yeah. that and now several of those people are regulars here at the yeah. theatre who just did the youth theatre yeah. in um, in July. Yeah, well, I was going to say here. Daisy, I hope she doesn't mind me yeah. sort of mention her, but she, you know, she, she's, she's done youth theatre for like three or four years. Um, she's now got a, a, a year's uh, gap between uh, sort of college and university um, and she's done a whole lot of surveys for us um, she's worked backstage she's ASM shows it's brilliant and yeah. Liam has been in yeah. I think yeah. every show since the youth theatre <laughs> 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 he's appeared in everything yeah he has yeah but I was tapping into that youth yeah. thing I mean, looking at Honk for example the, the night we were in it was the fact that it had brought in the mums, the dads, the, the grannies, the grandpas of the younger people who were on stage. There was probably a lot of people came to see Honk, and that was their first first experience of, of coming here. Mm. Hugo and Ben, as obviously performers, if someone wants to get involved at a performance level, I mean, we, we talked about how we get um, people to come through the door as, as audience members, but in terms of performers, people who want to act, people who want to do stuff behind the scenes. How do people make that initial approach? 
turn up. Just turn up. Just yeah. turn up. I, I, exactly. It's just turn up. Watch um, the website. Watch the website. Come to the auditions. Yeah. Dip a toe in. Absolutely. Or come to one of the workshops and dip mm. a toe in. The actors' mm. workshops are a great yeah. way to do that. Absolutely. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. Come and have a chat. Yeah. There'll be someone here, or yeah. as I said, the website. There's always yeah. stuff available, and really don't have any fear about it. Yeah. No. Come no. and see a show, mingle afterwards, yeah. there will be the cast uh, in the bar or yeah. there will be the director of the bar, someone will be there. Come and chat to us. The staged readings that I mentioned earlier are a really great way to dip a toe mm -hmm. in as well. Yeah, yes. presumably people did see backstage as being less glamorous or... Uh, and that again we touched on earlier, the fact that people don't think about what goes into the final product in terms of lighting, sound? Um, I'd say, well, from my perspective, again, the crew that go into making a show work are equally as important as who's on the stage. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And Chris Lacey made that point about Honk, about the fact that you know, the, the, the technical team had been sort of really, you know, played a significant part in mm. putting that together. Yeah. And so I say we're always around, people are always here. Um, there's contacts on the website and various other medias if people want to pop along. Um, occasionally we do do workshops, we have done informal get get-togethers with people who are interested in mm. taking part backstage. I think it's also remembering from a technical point of view, there's so many transferable skills. Mm. If you learn here, and if it's something you want to go into professionally, it's a really great way to learn those mm. skills and then kind of go, look, I know how to do this, this and this. and and build a portfolio. Yeah, yeah. And a professional theatre, if you can do a number of mm. things, will rip your arm off and take you on, for sure. Because I think, so I think my Jamie was a bit of a success story for that, because he started about a year ago and just started on sound and then moved his way up. And I used him as an AD, and that's within a year. And he was doing mm -hmm. sound for us, for Virginia Woolf. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's definitely opportunities in the tech team. And mm. I think we're always looking. Mm. Always, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, and I think the other thing is that is with with the tech team, the the tech team is part of the building um, and runs every production event that mm. comes in. So you don't have a tech a specific tech team to a production. You have the, the tech team for the building. So when Whiskey and Soda moved out and Virginia Wolf moved in, the actors and the director went. The actor and the directors came in, but the tech team. Mm. Was still there. So, yeah. so again, it's trying to make, um, it's, it's trying to sort out tech teams that you can you can give people experience. You can give um, productions security that they're going to have um, a, a, a team that are very um, uh, capable, but also not frighten somebody off when they come in and say oh good that's fine you can go in the lighting box for the next 10 days and they go oh right okay yeah I've got kids to look after and I've got things like that yeah. so so you know I think probably round the table you've got you, you've got a good representation of what keeps the theatre going um, but to to keep to keep it going going we have to have a satellite of, of people that will dive in and say yeah I can do two or three nights that week or mm. I can do this um, the last year we have made huge strides in just growing our pool of operators yeah. mm. and people we can call in for a night or two here and there like yeah. Samuel said which takes the pressure off mm. 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 we're using really interesting uh, technical things like the lighting boards 
we've got a basic lighting board, which is very good, but then sometimes we bring in a really complex lighting board, depending on the production. Mm. Uh, and some of the production people that we've had in here are, are work full-time, high-stand professionals. I mean, like, um, we've got our lighting guy, who's always, he's a, he does it professionally, that's what he does. Mm. Um, and we've had um, sort of BAFTA award-winning lighting directors in here. So all, you never know who you're going to meet. I would just say, come to the theatre, 2023 at the Stables. It's it going to be a fantastic year. Um, come and see us. There's many different things going on. Neil's programming so well, mm -hmm. and there's something for everyone. So please come and see us, and also support the Stables productions yeah. that we are going to put on. Uh, we've got an interesting program. So yeah, please come along. Yeah. You can keep up to date with us on the Stables website or on our Facebook page, the Stables Theatre and Arts Centre, if you want to know what's on. You can now find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just search for Stables Theatre Hastings. Then, if you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review. And that way you'll be helping other people find our growing catalogue of podcasts. <laughs>